What is up, everybody? Sean McPherson here with another episode of Mac Chat. This is episode six. Time is flying by. We're already in week three, end of week three of doing this thing. And I, before I did this, I told people that I would get this in every Tuesday and Friday. There would be new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. I didn't break that promise today. I was very close. I had a very busy day, but at the end of the day, this is posted on Friday. And it's a really good episode today. It's our first two-part episode. We're going to have three different people featured today. We're going to talk to three different student employees who work for the University of Oregon Athletic Department, Kylie McDonald and Quinn Van Horn, who work in the marketing department for the Ducks, and then Michael Abbott, who worked in the communications department, who just graduated. So it's going to be a really fun episode. We're going to hear from Quinn and Kylie first, and then we're going to hear from Michael Abbott. So without further ado, let's get this started. chat episode six joined by a couple of good friends of mine a couple of very hard-working employees for the oregon athletic department quinn van horn kylie mcdonald why don't you guys i, I just introduced you but why don't you guys give me a little rundown of what we're going to be talking about who you guys are and yeah just go ahead and introduce yourselves kylie you go first oh damn it <laughs> beat you to it well, I'm Kylie. Um, I'm a marketing intern for the University of Oregon Athletic Department. Um, this year, I covered both women's volleyball and women's lacrosse specifically, and then facilitated in-game promotions for all the other sports and loved every day of doing it. Heck yeah. So yeah, my name is Quinn Van Horn. I am an incoming senior at Oregon. Uh, I'm going into now my second year as a fan experience intern and third year working in the marketing department. Uh, this last year, I was the head intern for football and baseball, which I led an awesome internship uh, that actually I started out with going into marketing called Diamond Ducks, uh, which is our exclusive team for baseball and softball promotions. And just like Kylie, we worked on the exact same team of uh, nine to eight interns that works really hard each game to be able to facilitate promotions, game day operations, and kind of be the Swiss army knife of whatever is needed in the athletic department to, to be able to engage fans. You shoot the t-shirt cannon too. Yeah, Quinn mostly. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I am known very much as the t-shirt cannon guy. Uh, <laughs> it's a really fun gig, but that thing is heavy yeah. to be able to get it out onto the floor. And every single time I have shot it, I think maybe 30 times last year, maybe a little bit less uh 25 30 times and every single time i was always so scared whether that thing would shoot or not yeah because that thing runs on co2 and you just flip it on and you hope for the best because there's yeah. no test runs yeah dude i was about to ask you like do you ever get nervous going out in front of what ten thousand people at matthew knight arena and something could go wrong like that whether you slip or whether the thing's too heavy or whether the machine just has a malfunction do you ever get nervous before going out in the fields Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there is no way to take away those butterflies. Yeah. Uh, experience helps definitely from your first game working to your last game. Uh, you become a lot more calm and a lot more understanding of what's going on. But definitely, you know, you get nervous knowing that all of these eyes are going to be on you and knowing that really you're, it's up to you to make things happen. And 
stuff does go wrong. Uh, we had, we have countless stories of a lot of stuff that went wrong last year, but we Looking also have a lot of stuff that went, that went really, really well. <laughs> um, I know for one thing at the volleyball pep rally at the start of the year, we forgot to switch out the CO2 tanks because we were just learning about how to shoot it and the CO2 didn't fire. So we just had the men's basketball team come and grab them out of the cannon and throw them onto the court. But our ultimate job is, you know, we might have like little mistakes or little changes is that we can execute our job. So fans don't notice that means yeah. the mistake is fine. Most of the time our mistakes fans will never know. Yeah. Um, like there's so many times that I am messed up on the court and on the field and nobody knows, but you know, I'm freaking out on the inside and <laughs> then on we're all on headsets. So like our boss is in our ear, like telling us that we're messing up, but at the end of the day, the fans usually don't notice, and our main objective is to make sure that they don't notice even when we do mess up. Yeah, so. Kylie, there's been times where I've been in the student section at men's basketball games, and I'm just yelling, Kylie, Kylie, and you just don't hear me because you're so stressed I out. Hear, I just tune it out <laughs> you can't because hear I've got so yeah. many things to do. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Next so there were no big yeah. bloopers this Art. past year, no big mess ups? Oh, oh, I could name a laundry like, list. There's, okay. there's a lot. But mess but ups that like the fans like, would notice. Any of those? I had a mess up that every fan in Autzen Stadium probably noticed. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I like it was I forget which quarter, it was third or fourth quarter. And usually the first going time into out the fourth quarter. quarter. It was the first oh, time out of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And usually there's a good like 35, 45 seconds before that first timeout. Like it usually does not come up as quick as it did in this one game. And I got caught on the wrong end of the field and had to sprint the length of the field in the side tunnel and got caught on every camera, every, every just, it was a mess. Goodness. That's but hilarious. I'm learned from it, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. I would say one of the things is that, like, we all remember, like, the 1% of the mistakes that we make, yeah. but, like, Kylie also led so many amazing promos that like did better than we've ever expected them to be. So, you know, is that we, we have these mistakes and I'll talk about one is um, I was getting ready to, it was shooting the t-shirt cannon. It was the last basketball game that I worked the year and we were getting ready to shoot it. And I know that I had two uh, diamond ducks that we brought along that we were kind of training to tell them like how to be able to work basketball. And so I was talking about the t-shirt cannon and what I didn't notice is that we were going into a timeout and the timeout came like two minutes early. So I was unsure. And so uh, my boss comes down to me. She's like, okay, the t-shirt cannon's ready. Right. I'm like, no, it is not like we got it loaded and everything, but we need to turn on the CO2 and let it sit for a bit. And so I'm like freaking out. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, like, are we going to lose our timeout? Cause we, uh, the one thing about, the, like the t-shirt cannon and other sponsorships is there's a huge difference between paid sponsorships and just regular promotions paid sponsorships we have sponsors uh work through img college in learfield who they pay to be able to have their promotions run at a certain amount of games so i believe the t-shirt cannon the slasher sponsor was carl's jr so they said every single basketball game carl's jr pays to be able to have their read said and for the t-shirt can to come out and shoot carl's jr t-shirts and so that's a necessary thing that we need to get in every single game. So if we miss it, it's a big deal. So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden it's, we're waiting and 
I think it was the last 30 seconds. They're like, okay, you got 30 seconds. And I just wheeled that thing out there and just let it go. <laughs> uh, I looked at a picture because someone got a picture of me doing it. And I'm just like stone-faced, terrified, sweating, and just like shooting off the t-shirt cannon. And it was uh, a very regrettable experience. Uh, but ultimately we got it done and the fans didn't notice. But Good. there's a lot of that backlog planning and making sure everything is organized in the correct way that a lot of fans don't see sometimes. Yeah, yeah sure. we have a whole script for every single game that literally has the scheduling of every promotion down to the minute to the second sometimes. And it's like, if you miss one, you're, it all kind of gets out of order. And then we have to throw a promotion in somewhere. And that's the most scary situation, in my opinion, when a promo gets out of order, because then it's got to go somewhere because it's paid. And yeah, it's a wild, it's a wild <laughs> time, but we love it. Yeah. And we have to deal with fans. We have to deal with fans too. So it's not just us knowing what's going on, but if we're having fans compete in a paid promotion or they're winning a prize, they got to know what's going on too. So we have to talk to them and make sure they know the rules of the game and various things. So sometimes it's easy to say like, oh yeah, we're playing musical chairs where you go shoot a basket. But sometimes it's explaining, okay, you're going to run the ducky dress-ups, one of common promo we run in a lot of games. Oh, you got to make sure you go put on the jersey, then the shoes, then the pants, then you got to go score a basket and whoever does it first wins. Some of the promos can get pretty complicated. So communication between is key. Yeah, you got to make sure. So usually on promos, there's like two or three interns on each one. And the most important thing is for all of those interns to know exactly how that promo is being run, because we're the only ones out there who know what's going on. Like, you know, the comms people and facilities, none of them know the exact details of the promo. So we're the only ones that can tell the kids or the contestants what to do. And if like they might be doing something wrong, like to just slyly correct them. So we all have to be on the same page and then everything goes a lot smoother. <laughs> yeah. So let me take you on a quick story here. I'm like five or six years old. I'm at a Portland Trailblazers game. I'm walking through the concourse. Forget who they were playing that night, but I got selected to do like a Ronald McDonald. I had to put on this big McDonald's costume and I got to participate in one of those contests. And long story short, I ended up losing. I couldn't make the layup in front of all these people. And I remember not being being very happy about it. I was very upset. Do you guys ever have to deal with like emotions of kids or, you know, some of these fan experiences that you guys do in high pressure situations in front of all these people? Do you have any funny stories or funny memories from just dealing with fans being a part of the game day experience? Well, I would like... Our department at Oregon, usually our bosses at least, usually tell us like if it's a young kid, you usually give them the prize anyway, or you slip them like a, sm a much smaller like token for them to take home just so they yeah. kind of that Oregon fan experience and aren't super upset and don't <laughs> revisit the game as like a horrible childhood memory. Um, so that's, that's my favorite part of games sometimes when you just get to make a little kid like feel a lot better during the game. But I don't know, Quinn, if you have any funny stories. I don't usually have a lot of stories about fans doing that. I had actually a lot more stories when I was in my first year working as a diamond duck. We had a lot of young kids who would be like, oh yeah, I'll definitely do this promo. And then, you know, 
a minute before we're going to run it. Oh no, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And like, that's completely understandable. It's a young kid, you know, everyone gets nerves doing that. Uh, Usually then we would have to scramble around and find something new or whatever it might be. But I never really had a problem doing that. I've never had a fan be a sore loser, which I think is great. Um, Oregon fans are fantastic. Um, I've only had such amazing positive experiences with them, which I think sure Kylie can attest to as well. You know, so I, I haven't had a personally of a fan losing a promo because usually, yeah, we like to be able to give somebody something to remember them by or something just to be able to make sure it's like, hey, you participated in this. You did a great job. Even if you didn't win, like you did amazing. You shot a basket in a Matthew Knight Arena. You uh, put on some awesome basketball swag. You ran on the field. You caught a frizz, uh, You caught a Frisbee with a pizza box, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And, like, half the experience is just being on the court or on the yeah, field for these for fans. Sure. Like, that's a whole nother – that's next level of, like, just being in a place. When I don't know if Quinn felt the same way. I'm sure he did. Um, like, when I first started in this internship, and the first time I actually was, like, court level in for when I covered women's volleyball, I was, like, amazed. I was, like, mm-hmm. what? Like, I, I shouldn't be here. Like, so I can imagine the fans feel the exact same way. So half the promo is just them being there. That's probably one of the most rewarding parts of your guys' jobs. I'm sure there's several rewarding parts. And we've been kind of talking about some of the risks and some of the dangers and some of, the, like, the bad memories of your guys' jobs. But I'm sure there's a lot of rewarding parts. So can you kind of talk about what some of those rewarding parts are and what it's like to be on – the Oregon football field or be courtside at Oregon volleyball because I mean from my experience it's pretty eye-opening every single time you never really get sick of it for me I was super out of my depth when I first started this internship so the biggest reward for me so far is being challenged pretty much every single day of this internship just like being challenged to go the extra mile every day, even though it's like an unpaid internship and there's really not the biggest incentive to just like give it your all. But the most rewarding part is that if you don't, like if you're not giving it your all, you're not getting anything out of it. (laughs) So for me, that's been the biggest reward is like realizing that and kind of finding that inner motivation every single day to just keep pushing for it keep sacrificing for it because like you know we don't have a lot of time as college students but we make the time for this internship so that's been the biggest reward for me and the people of course like Quinn but yeah (laughs) yeah I definitely agree with Kylie like this internship has been probably one of the most if not the most rewarding experience of my college career because being able to work with such amazing individuals in the sports industry um our bosses are just geniuses. Like they are absolute savants of sports marketing and the stuff that you're able to teach them just like through conversation of like things you never even thought of before of how to be able to engage with fans, how to be able to create a better digital presence, how to be able to create a better in-person presence is something truly remarkable. And, you know, Oregon fans, once again, they're the best of the world. They are truly awesome. I have um, one fan at baseball who came up to me this this year, which was really rewarding to me, and said, hey, I remember you as a Diamond Duck last year. You were amazing. You engaged with the kids so well, and you just had so much fun with it. I really hope you continue to be here for as many years as I'm a season ticket holder, which was something, like, really nice to be able to hear. And, like, you know, working on an amazing intern team, 
this is it's a very selective internship only really a few people can do it because as kylie mentioned the schedule the incentives and like you have to have that drive to be able to work in the sports marketing industry to be able to be a part of it and you have to be able to take pride in your personal work that even though 90 percent of people might not be able to appreciate if you can be able to appreciate it like that's what matters there's yeah. so much back work and backlogging and understanding all of these different scenarios of what could happen. And when one promo goes white, right, that's like such a good win. And that feels so good to be able to have happen. I was just going to say, yeah, touching on Quinn's point of like, not everyone realizes some of the work we put into it. So a big reward of this is like being able to recognize your own work, even though no one else is recognizing it for you. Um, like, I've like my areas of interest are kind of within advertising and public relations as well. So I, my, not like all time favorite, but a big part of my um, interest in this internship has been like the marketing strategy that we go through at the beginning of each sports season. And most of that goes unseen. And most of that goes um, unnoticed by anyone who's just sitting in the stadium. Like they don't realize there's a, couple month long plan that was made at the beginning of the season where every bit in detail is scheduled out and all the nuances that go into that. So that's been a huge reward for me is just realizing that I am able to create that and that even though I'm the only one that can recognize it, that's okay. Like stuff like that. So. And talk about like, you know, winning personal, personal wins, uh, being on a team that also understands what you're going through because all of each individual on the fan experience team, they run an individual sport. So everyone has that responsibility of being in charge of that kind of individual facet and understands all that goes into it. So if you're struggling, you just reach out to someone within our team, just be like, Hey, listen, this is really hard. Can I get advice? Can I get suggestions? Can I just have like, whether it be brainstorm or just like, can you help me de-stress? Uh, that's something that they're able to do. So that's like a really unique community. And we get, really close throughout the year. We had awesome moments during football where we were all together rolling up inflatables after a 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Uh, we're staying there till like 12.30 in the morning, uh, making sure everything in the most Center shut down. But like you get really close because it's a really tight community and it's like, it's a struggle, it's a grind, but in the end it's worth it. For sure, for sure. Okay, favorite sport to do for each of you guys? Oof, that's so tough. Um, I would say the most energetic for me is football yeah. and it's because it's Austin stadium. It's that crowd. It's that energy. And it's the number one sport at Oregon. Um, but this last year, women's basketball was something special, obviously like with Sabrina, Ruthie, Satu, the amazing team that was maybe the most memorable game that I had was that Oregon versus USA women's basketball game, being able to run promotions for that game. And being able to see like that amazing three pointer by Sabrina and just going absolutely crazy. And then being able after the game, we actually went up and set up a autograph station uh, to be able for uh, some of the women's basketball players and some of the USA players to be able to sign autographs and being able to interact with them a little bit was super fun too. I don't know. For me, this is a very hard question so I'm gonna break it down a little bit more if that makes sense mm -hmm. um 
I loved covering volleyball. Like I loved it because I was learning every single game and I got so much out of the internship just with volleyball. Like volleyball gave me that opportunity that probably no other sport would because it was a small enough sport that I could just design the marketing plan and make it my own and try things. And if they failed, it, it was not the greatest outcome, but it was okay. And I could kind of learn from my mistakes there. Um, but then also I play lacrosse as like my hobby. So covering women's lacrosse was like super cool just to be on a different side of it. And by like at that point in our internship, I was given like I had learned so much already that my boss gave me the opportunity to just cover it on my own. Usually in sports, we have our boss and then we're the second person in charge. Um, so with lacrosse, it was really cool to just be up in the press box and be calling the shots on everything and be comfortable with that because I know the sport. And also being able to make a promotional plan based on my expertise in that sport that not a lot of people in our department have. So. It was just a really unique experience in that sense that I really just liked covering both sports. But my favorite game that I have ever worked was probably like when a women's basketball game, I honestly don't remember exactly which opponent it was, but like just every promo, I, I remember every single promotion just went flawlessly and you could feel the energy in the arena just so positive the entire time. Whereas sometimes with men's basketball, like it's not always the same amount of just intense energy rooting for this one team and backing this one team. So I think my favorite games too, I've like worked as an intern were women's basketball games. Yeah, I feel that because sports like volleyball and women's lacrosse, it's a more intimate experience and you're a little more engaged. You're a little more involved in the action. You have a bigger role as like an employee, a media person, or in your guys' case, working for the athletic department versus something like women's basketball or like Quinn said, football. Those are just such big events and you may have a little bit of a smaller role versus like if you're working a volleyball game, but it's just such a cool event and it's such a big deal. So I, I totally see where you guys are coming from and how that's a hard decision to choose because both those things, both those sides are great. But I want to hit on a couple of quick hitters before we sign off here. The first thing is Kylie used to sit across me from volleyball because I had a role with the volleyball team. I'm praying that there's a volleyball season this year, but yeah, we used to sit across from each other, like directly across from each other at the Matthew United arena floor. And before this podcast, before we hit the record button, we were reflecting on some stories one of which is when the fire alarm went off right like five minutes before uh, yep. the first serve. Can we reflect on this story a little bit? So I, and I had worked about seven or eight volleyball matches before this game. So I was finally getting in the groove of calling on headset and I'm just really being confident in the sport. And then about five minutes into this match, the entire Matt Knight arena fire alarm starts going off and it's like a pre-recorded scary it sounds like an amber alert (laughs) absolutely like i had it was bone chilling for me because i had no idea what to do absolutely no clue um so i'm on headset as well as walkie headset um with my interns at the time and they were all freaking out and asking me what they should do 
And then my boss is not sure what to do either because she hadn't experienced this yet either. And we actually had music playing at that point too. So there's just a bunch of yeah. sounds. Um, I had to just literally jump across the table and slam down on our like audio box in hopes of just hitting something to turn it off. Um, but yeah, it was like, I guess one of the stairwell sprinklers had gone off. And so that triggered the alarm and getting, so a bunch of fans got up and started to leave. And we actually had to just grab like a personal mic that we had that happened to be live for our upcoming promotion. And we just had our announcer like basically contradict the entire fire alarm and just saying, everything's fine. Yeah, because yeah, I remember texting all my radio guys like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Because I thought it was the real deal. It sounded like the real deal. It sounded like there was a fire. And they were like, oh my gosh, be safe. And then five minutes later, it's like, oh, this was just a fire alarm. Like, well, no big deal. It also went off twice. I don't know if you remember this. Twice in that same match. Because it went off like again. Oh, did it? Like 15 minutes later. And the volleyball coach was just getting so mad and part of my job a very like small nuance of my job is to make sure the audio is loud enough that the crowd cannot hear the coach discussing things with the refs uh, or with us and so i had to turn that volume all the way up <laughs> that's sure hilarious like calm i had to talk to him and be like it's gonna be okay we're <laughs> trying our best to handle it um so yeah that was definitely a nerve-wracking experience but now I know exactly how yeah. to handle the fire alarm in that night. That's so. an awesome story. Um, Quinn, quick hitter for you. You are in charge, or not in charge, but I know you have a big role. And one of the coolest traditions, in my opinion, in college football, and that's the duck riding the motorcycle out. Because uh, there's a sick photo of you on Instagram of you, like, in charge of the duck, like, telling it to stop. Talk about your role with that tradition and any funny stories you got from that. Yeah, so... Oregon has obviously been sending out the Harley with the duck on it for years. I think that during the first time that it was ever brought out, I remember the story hearing this from my dad, is that they sent the duck out with the Harley. And the guy's named Doug Cokey, who is the uh, Harley driver, who's an awesome guy. He's been in Oregon for so many years, and he's done it for so many years. Only now, actually this last year, did he actually train someone else to do it, um, which I talked to him a lot. But – the first time they actually ever did it, they burned the turf. And the brand new turf in Autzen Stadium, they burned it. This was like mid to early 2000s. And they had to go in and replace some of that turf for the next game because it had a black streak Jeez. mark going right in because the Harley went too fast. But yeah, so I was in charge of queuing the Harley to be able to go. And what that means is usually it's a role that's for the lead football intern. Um, I hope I can do it next year because I love doing it. It's a super fun gig. But basically is that you always talk to the Harley driver before, if it's Doug or if it's the other guy who's now being trained to be able to do it. Uh, you talk to them, make sure he touches base when they come down. And you just kind of go over, there's three basic rules. There's three basic symbols. You have like the two hands up, which is what I'm doing in the picture. And that means hold. And basically what that is, is I start that at around a minute and a half before the Harley's supposed to go out. And that's the cue to him to make sure he's on the bike and it's turned on. It's also the cue to the duck to be able to get on the bike. Then around a minute later, uh, at around the 30 seconds before I get a quick word over radio, uh, make the Harley noise. 
and basically you just start doing kind of the revving motion in your hands. Mm -hmm. And that's the motion to him to downshift the Harley so it's ready to go and to kind of rev the engines to get the fan up. And then the second you hear a really loud noise in your headset and it's someone yelling go. Sometimes you can't know that they're saying go because the fans are going crazy and everything is going, the smoke's going and the big show's happening. And literally what I do is I just yell go. I pivot my foot back so the Harley can go beside me and it whizzes by me at, you know, 15, 20 miles an hour, maybe like two inches from me. And I'm just waving my arms in the circular to be able to let it go. It's a really fun thing. It's uh, pretty stressful because you know, if you mess it up, uh, people are going to see. I've heard horror stories of a couple of years ago. They sent the Harley early and the Harley came back to let the team out again. So that's something we never want happening. I had no Harley incidents during my time, which I'm very thankful for. But it's an awesome gig to be able to do. And to be part of that tradition is something I'll, I will treasure that for the rest of my life. And as a lifelong Oregon fan. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, this was a lot of fun. Do you guys have any final words or anything you want to plug? Uh, follow me on Twitter. Twitter, <laughs> Quinn Van Horn, Q-U-I-N-N-V-A-N-H-O-R-N-E. Instagram, Q-V-H-U-N-O, Q-V-H-U-N-O. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm so happy you've done this podcast. It's been awesome to be able to listen to, and uh, we're big fans, so Thanks. we can't wait to see this thing keep growing. Kylie, do you have anything to plug? No? Um, I mean, I'm not a big plugger. Okay, that's right. Hey, it's just <laughs> in a, it, it's my compensation for having you guys on. Gotcha. Done. I mean, okay. I guess yeah. if anyone's ever in the crowd at an Oregon game, <laughs> always reach out to me or quit. We'll see if you can do a promotion with us so look for my, the people in headsets ask them hey you doing promos and heck we can slot you for something my yeah. fingers are crossed on a fall sports year and just a regular nca sports year we'll see it's our seniors really yeah. hoping for the best but i guess we're gonna find out in a matter of weeks so yeah absolutely we can only hope we can only hope no one really knows at this point but fingers crossed maybe we can do another podcast whenever word gets released on that because <laughs> i think all three of us have stakes in weather we'll be NCAA. rewatching breaking we'll be rewatching breaking bad for the oh, sixth yeah. time absolutely i'm totally down for that hope you enjoyed that part with quinn and kylie always fun talking to them and it's great catching up with them it's been a while since i've seen those two now we'll go ahead and transition to michael abbott who like i mentioned earlier worked in the communications department this past year with the university of oregon he really specialized in baseball but he covered all sorts of tracks with Oregon's athletic department and had a lot of great insight in this interview. So without further ado, let's go and transition to Michael. All right, we got part number two of episode six of the Mac Chat. And right now I'm joined by my good friend, Michael Abbott. Michael and I met each other sophomore year of college. We had stats class together. We were coworkers. (laughs) We were coworkers at KWVA. And then Michael, you ended up getting a job with the athletic department, which is the topic of today's podcast. So go ahead and start with how you get that job and what was your job? Well, first off, thanks for having me, Sean. Sir. And also, that's a little bit of a throwback there to the stats class. I almost forgot <laughs> about that. That was a good time. Um, but no, yeah, so <laughs> no, you're, you're right. Um, but about the athletic department, I had a very unique um, entrance into my job there. So 
I was a junior working at the uh, student radio station KWVA with you. And then at the start of the spring quarter, um, the athletic department put out like a job application saying like, hey, if you want to be like a communications intern, like fill out this application and then send your resume to Greg Walker, one of our sports information directors. So I did that. And then as I was doing color commentary on a spring soccer match, spring exhibition game for the Oregon women's soccer team that year, I talked to Greg after and he was like, yeah, we don't really hire seniors. So we're probably not gonna like hire you. And I was like, oh, okay, that's okay. Like just figured whatever. And then a week later, I'm covering the Oregon baseball team for uh, the Emerald and KWVA at the time. And I just talked to Joey McMurray, who's the play-by-play for Oregon baseball and Oregon men's basketball and also hosts Duck Insider and also a former KWVA alum about, hey, I was like, I was like hey, Joey, I want to like become an SID and do all those, all that like kind of cool stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Like it looks like they have an opening and I'll talk to uh, Todd Miles, the baseball SID at the time, whose intern at the time was a senior. So he had an opening. And so after originally getting rejected from it, about a week or two later, I was able to uh, get the internship and then start there at the beginning of May, end of April. Can you fill us in real quick, the audience, on what communications is? Because that was your job, right? right? You were, what, what was your official job title? Official title was uh, student communications. So you, okay, you were a student communications employee for the athletic department. But yes. communications is pretty broad. And my idea of it in the sports world is you have the media, you have the student athletes, and those two worlds don't just collide. You need the communications in the middle to connect those two groups so that's I guess my loose definition as someone who's in the media but can you kind of explain what communications is in the sports world? right you're you're pretty you're pretty accurate there there's like that divide in college athletics between the student athletes and the media because they don't just want them co-mingling and having something happen so my role as a student communications intern was to help our SIDs, which are our sports information directors, who are like the PR people for the team. So we've got PR people for football. His name's Patrick Pearson. He's one of the best in the business. But basically what I would do is, um, I mostly focused with baseball, football, women's basketball, and women's tennis. And so I would help the sports information directors with their day-to-day tasks, whether that's posting on social media, which is what I did a lot of. I did a lot of that for the baseball team, which is it's really hard to come up with captions that are like topical and also relevant because you're trying to create that content and that Oregon brand, as everybody always says, like the Oregon brand, you're trying to represent the O as much as possible and as well as possible. So you're trying to stay on brand while also creating content that's funny and engaging. So it's hard to strike that balance between the two. So I spent a lot of time Uh, doing that for social media and also my two other big roles were um, using InDesign and Photoshop to create the content we would put either online or through Twitter and Instagram whether that's game day graphics, final score graphics, that kind of stuff from the Photoshop perspective and then the part I had the most fun with was the game notes and media guide section where I was able to help write bios for baseball, um, update stats and statistics for football and women's basketball 
and women's tennis, and then just to help facilitate interviews as well. That was, that's a broad uh, rendering of what I did. So football, women's basketball, baseball, and women's tennis. And those are three, four different, very different sports. Football, huge everywhere, very big at the University of Oregon. Women's basketball at the University of Oregon, much bigger than it is at other sports, or at other schools, excuse me. So that's a, that's a big deal as well. And then baseball, maybe not as popular at Oregon, but very busy. And then tennis, I'm sure, is relatively busy as well. So can you just kind of walk through those four different sports and what working for those four different teams was like and what your role was like for all those different teams? Because I'd imagine baseball and tennis, you had a little bit more of a uh, role than you did with those other two powerhouse of sports. Right, right. So um, I was hired mostly to do baseball, help out with the baseball team. So I was their um, assistant sports information director is what I call myself. Um, so for that, that's what the team I had the biggest role with. And then, um, then, then went football, um, women's basketball and women's tennis. But so for baseball, I was like a media contact as well as like facilitating player interviews and that kind of stuff. Like what was really cool about that was I was able to like forge relationships with players pretty quickly. And it's always intimidating when you're meeting these division one athletes and you're just there as a five, six, not very athletic dude up with these six foot, six plus guys like Kenyon Yovang, Gabe Matthews. Then AJ Miller was another one that was just like a huge dude. And they were just super nice and super um, helpful with me with I had like questions being like, Hey guys, I need you to go here. I need you to answer a couple interview questions, whether that's like media training or, just day-to-day stuff for them. And then also meeting coaching staffs, coaching staffs. That's the part I was most intimidated about was just that, like, I didn't know how the coaching staff would take a 21 year old intern who isn't, who is involved, but not really involved with the team, you know, type aspect. And then, but it, and especially with a new coaching staff with coach was after um, coach Horton left the program the year before it was intimidating to say the mm-hmm. least, but he's, really nice guy. The whole staff's really nice. That baseball team's got a bright future. I really think just based off of what they did in 2020 and how they have a lot of stars coming back next year. But uh, my role leading back into that was just media interviews, um, posting on social media, and then just day-to-day tasks, that kind of stuff. And that the one I had them, I had a ton of fun doing baseball, but I also really enjoyed football. I mean, a totally oh, yeah. different yes. atmosphere. Yeah. Football was one of a kind. I mean, you're up in the Autzen Stadium press box, 56,000 people screaming. And it's hard to make that transition at first from fan to like, okay, I got to do my job. Like, I got to I gotta make sure things are like running tight here so my SIDs don't have to worry about the little things. And the little things were giving media their uh, press passes, and making sure they have enough paper, making sure they have like their stats up to date and let the SIDs just do their job and facilitate interviews and that kind of stuff. And um, the coolest part for me about football was the, I wouldn't say coolest, I'd say most unique part about football is the media interview room after games. You used to hand the microphone to me. Yeah, that's the best part of my job. Awesome right there, handoff. Sean. Awesome best handoff. Best part of my job. 
no fumbles there. Thank yeah, goodness. Thank goodness. We both look like <laughs> amateurs. <laughs> but, we don't have um, a lot of we don't have a lot of wiggle room to be messing exactly, up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if either of us mess up, we're we're out of there pretty quick. <laughs> so, um, but it was really cool. Just you, you're just in there, and then just the room is just spectacular. I mean, you've got the seats. Well, I didn't really like the seats personally, but the it's it's Ferrari leather, mm-hmm. and like it's the 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 walls are like they're like the same materials like the football that you throw wow. in the game. And it's just like, you just lean up against it and you're like, okay. And then you just look around the media room and you've got coach Cristobal at the uh, interview platform. Rob yeah. Rob Mullins. And then sometimes guys like Phil Knight are just chilling there in the back, just listening to like what he has to say. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm just like, I'm here. I'm doing what I love, which is like, helping media relations and that kind of stuff. And then you just look around and you're like, wow, I'm with multimillionaires and you're just hanging out yeah. and you're just like, and they just like accept you. It's, I mean, with that barrier that it's like, yeah, I know your name, but like, I'm a little bit, I don't want to say like better, but like, they're just, you know, they're just like different. Yeah. They're it's high, just a different. For sure. They're on the high, high hierarchy, upper, upper hierarchy of the University of Oregon and really just the world of sports. But yeah, I think that's a really unique thing about what people at KWVA do as well. Just getting to be in that media room and Mm -hmm. getting the getting the freedom as students to ask questions, even in the biggest press conferences, like after Oregon versus Washington or after the Civil War, when Phil Knight and Rob Mullins and Mario Cristobal are all in the room, you're just praying that you don't stutter or mess up or just be so nervous that you completely misphrase your question like it's it's terrifying and I'm sure I'm yeah. sure it was kind of the same in a different role for you but you said that's the most unique part of your job I could guess what the coolest part of your job is and that's being on the field for a good portion of Oregon football games right and, mm-hmm. and Oregon women's basketball games both those stadiums just get crazy mm-hmm. loud with the atmosphere right yeah yeah it's Autzen Stadium and Matthew Knight Arena or two of the premier facilities in the Pac-12 and around the country, honestly, like football, you, you see it on TV, right? The sidelines and you're like, okay, there's a decent buffer between the sidelines and the crowd. But when you're down there, it's a lot less of a buffer than you think it is. Like they're, they're pretty much, they're pretty close to the bench. Mm -hmm. And so when you're down there, you hear, some not nice things yelled at the uh, Washington team from the Oregon fans. And then yeah. you're just like, oh, wow, I'm, I don't know how they block some of this out and how they remain like really quote unquote professionals in their like collegiate atmosphere. It's, it's insane. Like when you hear a shout and you just look around and everybody's just going crazy, going wild. And you're just like, wow, I just get to stand on the field, make sure some photographers are in the correct spots and yeah. then just enjoy, honestly, like that once in a lifetime experience that not many people get to do. And I'm just fortunate and lucky that I was able to do that there. Do you have any cool stories from being on the sidelines? Um, not really for football. The, the cool story that people like to say that they're proud of is when you're on the sideline and then like a play comes towards you and they run out yeah. of bounds. The pride thing is to not get knocked down by the players. So thankfully, I've had a couple close calls where I'd have to like jump over a player or or like avoid getting like trucked by somebody like Travis Dye or Justin Herbert. And then you're just like, okay, like, okay, go back on the field. I'm glad I wasn't just like just decked by one of them. And so I've had a couple close calls, but uh that's 
that's about it. But then on the, the coolest thing I got to do for women's basketball was it was Oregon versus Oregon State. It was Sabrina was going to break some record. It wasn't the 2,000 points, 1,000 assists, 1,000 rebounds, but it was something – it was like she's going to break an Oregon record. And the WNBA commissioner, Kathy Engelbert, was there. And um, the women's basketball SID about an hour before tip-off was like, yeah, she's going to be here, and you're going to – hand her her ticket and just kind of like talk to her for a couple minutes while I get some of the other like higher up athletic department people rounded up and to her to like lead her around. So I'm just standing there at the Matthew Knight media entrance talking to like one of the most powerful people in women's basketball. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the nicest people I've ever met. I doubt she remembers my name, but (laughs) she, she made quite the impact on me with how nice she was, how professional she was. She was like asking me about the game, like, oh, what do you think is going to happen? I'm like, well, I work for Oregon, so obviously I'm biased. And I think <laughs> Sabrina's going to do great. Ruthie's going to do great. The whole team is going to do great. So, and thankfully they won that game from an Oregon perspective. So I look better in her eyes. But then also um, another cool moment from women's basketball wise was uh, seeing Kelly Graves and his staff, Kelly Graves, the women's basketball coach, mm-hmm. and his staff just in action and how inspiring they are for their players. Like you're just walking down the hallway, you just hear in the locker room or you just hear them like talking at like halftime or something like, okay, we got to do this. But like, oh, Ruthie's doing great down low. Satu's a unicorn as they always call her, doing her amazing work either down low or on the perimeter. And then after the coolest thing about him was before a game, I was like taping the lane lines for photographers because you have to stay in a specific lane as a photographer and that was part of my job for women's basketball was to make sure they stayed in their lanes and before and after games and so I just see Kelly coming through the crowd before a game and like security's like everybody move everybody out of the way like uh, coach Graves is coming through and he's like he's like no 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 guys it's, it's fine like I'm just like anybody else and it's like coach Graves you're one of the best coaches in women's basketball and you're just acting like a regular guy down to earth person. And you can tell that rubs off on his players because they're humble. I mean, they're driven for sure. And they're really good, but he keeps them grounded and he keeps them really motivated. So that's another really cool moment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, back to your job. What are, I know your job, you had a lot going on and you were super busy all the time. What are some examples of what they had you doing on game days? And then what are some examples of what they had you doing during the, during the week? Because I know like your job wasn't limited to just what you're doing on the day of a game and operating during the game. It was all week long for you. Right. 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 I'll talk about uh, baseball and basketball because those were the ones I had the most quote unquote direct impact Mm -hmm. in Uh, So for baseball on game days, I'd get there a couple hours before and I would help set up the press box and like put out papers and make sure everything was in order there. Make sure the popcorn machine was filled by the way, PK park, the stadium where Oregon baseball has their home games is has one of the best press box popcorn machines. Let's just, I'm just gonna put that (laughs) out there. Um, But yeah, so I'd make sure the popcorn machine was stocked and make sure the press row was clean and then I'd uh, help out my boss with setting up uh, statistics before the game on this uh, system, ancient system called Stack Crew, where it's a, it's a dot DOS program. So if any of you programmers out there know anything about that, it's very ancient. 
So there's a lot of steps that are involved there. And so I'd help set up that. And then I'd go down to the field, snap some pregame photos for the most part, like batting practice or fielding practice, being like gearing up for the game or something like that, posted on social media. And then during the game, which was the most stressful part for me, I would do live in-game tweeting. So every half inning or every scoring play or every great play, I'd be cutting highlights from our live feed and um, and publishing them to Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And when when you have a full workday to come up with a caption that you're putting out on five at five p.m. during a workday for that one post a day type thing, that's hard enough. But then that was the part that I would say I struggled with the most at the athletic department was coming up with engaging tweets and captions for Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that kind of stuff during games. For that, I had a couple of good ones. But um, you always think back on what you could improve on. That was definitely that for baseball. And then, so I do that during the game. And then post-game, I would facilitate media press conferences where I would get Coach Waz, our head coach, and then players from the game, usually a starting pitcher, and then another hitter or two if they had a good game. And I'd kind of brief them. I'd be like, hey, this is probably what they're going to ask you, just like, don't say anything like that obviously Mm -hmm. wouldn't reflect great upon us, but um, just also be honest and you'll be fine. And so uh, the players for sure really, I think appreciated that part because we seem to have a lot of younger guys who were the ones that were being interviewed um, after games. And then post game after that, I would go back up to the press box, transcribe interviews, and then write the game story that we published at goducks.com. So I did a lot for uh, game days for baseball. I usually be there two hours before and two to three hours after. Wow. So that is a lot there. So you said that you said that athletes are often warned uh, about what the media could potentially potentially say to them. And they're kind of taught on how to, how to respond to questions. Yeah, they they are for sure. I don't have too much knowledge on that. I. That's interesting. No, yeah. I mean, you always want, I mean, in all sports, whether it's collegiate, high school, or pros, you want your team to come off in the best light as possible. Yeah, for no sure. No matter what an outcome is. And that's why you often so, you often see guys be a little more broad. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, like, after a loss, a guy like LeBron isn't going to just most likely isn't going to like, like call out his teammates for something like really bad, like a bunch of turnovers or something. They're going to be like, oh, he'll say something like, oh, as a team, we need to work better. We need to like grind harder in practice to try and do that. So basically that's what you tell these players to just kind of be like, hey, like embellish on like the broader aspects during a loss and then just like talk about some of the better parts of the game. Be like, oh, yeah, like we may have lost 14 to 2 tonight, but I really liked – like from a coaching perspective, you could say like I really liked how our guys attacked the zone in a baseball game where like you're trying to throw strikes and they're just hitting them. And there's just some days it's going to be like that. So that's an example. It's funny because athletes are trying to avoid like making headlines and the media wants the opposite. The media exactly. wants that fiery, you know, impulsive comment from the guy mm-hmm. that's going to make a big headline, going to make a big deal in the news. So <laughs> that's yeah. funny how it's kind yeah, of working. It's interesting. It's interesting seeing that side because obviously I've been on both sides where you're like, oh, you're just giving like yeah. a bland uh, like quote when you're trying to get a cool cut for your um, write-up or your voiceover after the game. And then when you're on the media, when you're on the Oregon Athletics side, you're like, okay, 
like this guy is known to have like some fiery comments. Let's hope he does okay here. And they always do. I mean, it's pretty, I haven't had anything where I'd be like, oh, that's probably not something great he should have, he or she should have said. And then it was all, all good. And you led me right into it. I think it's cool. And this is going to be my last question for you, but I think it's really cool how you got experience working in media and then you got experience working for the athletic department. And I'm curious how those two things are different because, you know, KWVA, the student radio station that you and I used to work at with each other, we try to be as professional as possible. We try to, we try to mandate good work. But the fact of the matter is we are in Oregon's athletic department, one of the elite athletic departments in the country. I'm sure they're super strict. They're demanding great work. And there's definitely certain ways that you have to go about your business, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I just realized I didn't answer part of the other question you asked earlier. So I'll answer that as well. Um, Because it kind of they they tie in. So I'm working during the work week. five, six, seven hours uh, through Friday. And it's very demanding. I mean, if you have, I've been guilty of the go well after, but um, I've had a couple tweets that I've had mm. some typos and then you're, you're, you're running a brand at that point and you're just like, Oh no. And you get that, that, that text or you noticed it right after and you're like, Oh my goodness, I messed up. Like, how do I, how do I go about fixing this and uh, use the, that's the one thing about Twitter. I wish it had that edit button as opposed to having to um, completely delete and repost, but it's, it's very demanding there. Um, but the culture in the office is very positive. I mean, the people in there are very supportive. Um, they, they, they realize that everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. It's just how you adapt after that was the main thing I learned through that situation where just like you adapt to it and then you don't make those mistakes again. And yeah, you just move on from that. But, um, but for the work week, yeah, I'd work five, six, seven hours a day, usually just making tweets, um, updating media guides, in contact with media people throughout the Oregon and greater Northwest area being like, hey, okay, you're coming to this press conference. Here's who's going to be speaking and here's who's going to be talking. And Here's what you will should expect from them and vice versa. And then from the KWVA and the media side, as opposed to Oregon Athletics, yeah, at KWVA and in the media, you get access to some really cool spots like the press conference room at Autzen Stadium and the press conference room at Matthew Knight Arena, where you see these top-notch athletes and they just come out and talk to you and you're able to like forge somewhat of a relationship with them, especially if you're the one covering football and basketball all the time. Not really. Um, I mean, I'd say you do. <laughs> I mean, I know for a fact that athletes appreciate the students True. who are asking questions because one, they can relate the, to them a little bit more because like theoretically they're all students. Yeah. And then, so they relate to you and they're nervous too. Like athletes, they usually don't show it, but a lot of athletes are so nervous when they go up on a, up on a podium and to see someone around their age, that's not just glaring at them for quotes. They really appreciate that. And so it's interesting transferring from KWVA to the athletic department, because you go from looking on the outside in with kind of like an insider perspective with KWVA, you get like some kind of cool quotes. I mean, you guys have, in, I'd say you have inside access to some of the sports you broadcast like soccer and women's volleyball when you say like I feel like you have 
a better relationship with the volleyball team than you would the football team. Just for sure. I was about to say, that's why I said not really, because Justin Herbert might recognize my face, but there's no way if I saw him on campus, he'd be like, what's up, dude. You asked me a question the other, like, you know, but versus like Matt Ulmer, I I have his number in my phone. He's very, I mean, very connectable. Uh, That's just how it is. That's why Mm -hmm. I kind of appreciate those smaller sports a little bit more. Yeah. Even though football is great, like football is so much fun to watch. And I love Oregon football. It's just, it it gives you a little bit of a love when you're, especially student radio, like you, the students get a little bit more of a role with soccer and volleyball. And I'm sure you felt that way about baseball as well. Yeah, exactly. And like going back onto the coaches real quick, Oregon athletics have some of the more approachable coaches compared to a lot of other schools. I mean, you've got coach Olmer, you've got coach Graves, you've got coach Waz, who's pretty approachable as well. And like, those coaches are people who are really nice people just in general. And then they're also really good coaches. So it's a nice mix there. And then uh, just to cap it off back to Oregon athletics, um, moving from KWVA to Oregon athletics was an eye opener because you're just suddenly I have access to all these really cool facilities like Autzen and Matthew Knight arena and PK park and the um, office that we work in, which is, right next to the multi-million dollar football facility. And you're just like working in the shadow of, and you're like, we're just giving a 21 year old kid all this access to all these places. And it's just really cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, dude, it was great having you on this podcast. Do you have anything you want to, anything else you want to say? Anything you want to plug? No, no, we're good. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's been, it's been nice talking. Um, Follow the Instagram at Michael Abbott 0409 and the Twitter at, all lowercases at Michael Abbott, A-B-B-O-T-T. Gotcha. That's a new thing I want to do. That's a new thing kind of to compensate my guests. Just have, hey, anything you want to plug? (laughs) (laughs) I like Uh, it. I like it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Sean. Yeah, dude. Congrats on graduating. And yeah, I wish you the best of luck in the job market. I know it's brutal right now, but you're plenty talented. You're plenty experienced and you're going to do great, dude. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me. Well, that's going to do it for episode six of the Mac Chat. Thanks for tuning in. This was our longest episode by far so far. So if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening all the way through. This was a great episode. All three guests brought such a unique perspective, brought awesome stories and great insight on what it's like to work for an elite athletic department. It was really enjoyable all the way through. Like I've mentioned before, if you're ever interested in joining me as a guest on this thing, feel free to reach out and If you haven't already, be sure to give a generous rating. But I thank you guys all for listening so far. It's been a really enjoyable experience, and we will catch you guys next Tuesday.